Hey, welcome to the Christ Fellowship Podcast. This is Derek. Man, it is the Christmas season. Richie did a phenomenal job last week as we opened up this series, Anticipating. And today we're going to lean into hope. Hope. I think we all recognize the need for hope in our day right now. And today I want to look at how the birth of Christ gives us hope that maybe we wouldn't recognize. Maybe there's hope actually in the midst of darkness. There's hope in the midst of suffering and pain. And so I'd love for you to grab your Bible, grab some notes, and let's dig in to find out more about how Jesus offers hope in every season. Yeah, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this truth that we're singing today, that you are a way-making God, that you're a promise keeper, you're a promise keeper, that you're a miracle-working God. So we honor you in this room today. We thank you for the faith that you've stirred up and you've reminded us that you've, you've given us already. And Lord, I thank you that this family is a family that longs to commune with you and not just show up and have a plastic Sunday morning face on, but to commune with the one who made us. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing and how you're forming us into a people that look more like Jesus. And we tell you today, we want to we wanna leave this room or those that are watching online leave this gathering um, with a deeper understanding of you and not just a knowledge but a revelation that transforms us Lord stir our hope Lord stir our love for you we ask this in the powerful name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and everybody said amen amen go ahead and find a seat Good to be with you. Welcome the guests guests in the room. My name is Derek. It's an honor to have you with us today. Our prayer is that you would feel seen and loved and more than anything else that you would um, recognize that the living God is is closer than you can imagine, that he's in our midst here today. And and so, uh, man, we are in our Christmas season. It's so good to see the decorations out here. We're moving towards celebration of Jesus, the, the coming of Jesus. And and I love that song, Anticipating. Wasn't that beautiful? Oh my goodness, so beautiful, Anticipating. And it's, it's really, I think, sums up the season we're in, right? We're anticipating, anticipating. And I think about some of the things we anticipate. Uh, I, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, I took my family um, up to God's country, up at Columbus, Ohio, and... Um, <laughs> We, we caught a, uh, uh, the evening game, late game, in the horseshoe. And before that, though, we, we wanted to show our kids um, some of the traditions, some of the things that, uh, things that Kate and I, because we both went there, we both graduated there, that we loved. And so we went and showed them all the things. We, we drove around campus, and then we walked all over campus. And, and one of the things we did right before is we went and saw the team walking from their hotel room over to um, the old basketball arena where the band is, and they have this big show going on. And so my youngest, I said, hey, you know what? I know where the, where the team walks out of this place. Let's go down early before anybody gets there, and let's get a, our spot staked out. And so we go in this one tunnel where I know the team walks out, and we post up. Nobody's there. You know, there's kind of awkward, and we're just standing there. Everything's going on inside, but we're just waiting, anticipating, right? We're anticipating, and he's just hopeful that maybe somebody will give him a high five, or he'll see one of his favorite players, and, and, uh, and really, I think what he was really hoping for was that Marvin Harrison 
uh, would, he would somehow get to see him and give him a high five. It's his favorite player. And so we're waiting there. Anticipation is building. Now other people are coming around us. We've got our spot. And dad's like, get away. I got this spot, right? I'm like keeping people away. I got our spot. Uh, we've been here for 20 minutes. People don't be stepping in here like you've been here the whole time. And so we're waiting there. And the team wraps up. They begin to walk out. They're kind of moving. And, and we're right on the rail. And my son starts giving people high fives. And he's like living his best life. And then in the middle of that, like people start saying, Marvin, Marvin. And like, he starts looking around. I'm looking around. Cause I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. Right. As a dad, I'm like, grab Marvin, get him over here now. And, um, and we thought we missed him. Cause everybody was yelling Marvin. And then, then all of a sudden my, my son looks down and Marvin Harrison is literally walking right up on the rail and this massive smile on his face. And, and my son's there, Marvin, Marvin. And he gives him a high five. And my son turns around with this massive smile and he's so happy. And I'm like, yes, dad, win. Yes. <laughs> and all that anticipation, it led to a hope, right? And, and today I, I want to talk about hope. But before we talk about hope, we got to talk about anticipation. What is anticipation? What was my son feeling in that moment? Well, simply a- anticipation is, is a feeling of excitement that something will happen in the near future. It's this excitement that means something is on the edge of happening. I don't really know exactly what it is, but I'm excited about it. And so there's this anticipation, which is very different than expectation. See, expectation is I have an idea of what's going to happen, and it's almost like an entitlement. Anticipation is wide open. Something is going to happen. <laughs> Could be good, maybe not so good. Something, and so I'm excited to see what happens. And there's a big, big difference there. Expectation and anticipation, right? Big difference. Expect something specific, I can get let down. Anticipation is I'm expecting something to happen, right? And so anticipation is this exciting, this excitement that something is on the verge of happening. We've all been there. We've all experienced that emotion. And then anticipation, though, what I want to talk about today is it leads us to hope. And hope is a joyful anticipation of what? Of good. A joyful anticipation of good. And so today I want to talk about hope. You know, it's been spoken over our church family quite a few times over, the, over quite a few years, actually, the last couple of years, that we would be a house of hope and healing. That when people are looking for hope, that they would somehow find themselves at Christ Fellowship. And that we'd be a people that carry hope and, and encourage others to receive hope. And, and we hear stories about that. We, we, we grow, we're growing in that. And not only hope, but also a place of healing. That people that have emotional, physical, spiritual wounds, that, that as they come into our community, they would experience uh, healing and would lead them into a, a wholeness in all areas of the life. That, that's what I believe our church is actually called to be. A, a, the grace in our church is to be a place, a house of hope and healing. And so today, what we're going to talk about as hope is, I think, critical to who we are as a church, as, as Christ Fellowship. And so I, I want us to lean into hope. And I want to start in a, in a passage that, that many of us have heard and many of us could probably quote. And then I want to jump to Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and jump to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read the story of of what happened before Jesus was born. And as you turn there, let me read to you Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The writer writes, 
May the God of hope. Now, we could just stop right there. If you have your Bible, uh, you're not there because you're in Luke. So, so go back there later. Uh, I would underline this. So in my Bible, you can't see this, but I've got underlined, may the God of hope fill, fill, put in you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in what? In what? Hope. May the God of what? Hope. Oh, come on, we gotta wake up a little bit. We gotta have some hope in the room here. May the God of what? Hope. The God of hope. It's interesting that he gives his name. Like He, he, he um, associates so deeply with it. He is, says, I'm the God of hope. And my desire is that I would fill you. God says he wants to fill you with joy and peace. Who could use some more joy and peace up in here, right? He wants to fill you with joy and peace in believing. How does that joy and peace come? In believing. And that believing comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of that Holy Spirit and you having joy and peace is that you would abound, that you would overflow, that you would have more than enough hope. Today, I want to tell you that God's desire for you and for me is that we would have so much hope that we can't help but give it away. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So what I love about this verse and why I wanted to start here is because we see this truth, and this is really foundational and really helps us in times that are hard, is that hope is present in God's presence. The God of hope, there's never a time that hope is not with God. He is the God of hope. It's, it's, it's who he is. We just saying it's who you are. It's who you are. You're the God of hope. And so anytime we, we see the presence of God, we know that in his presence, literally, him that there is hope and, and what that means for us today and this is where theologically like it's it takes faith to believe this it's not just okay i got that no it, it takes faith to believe that god is all places he goes before us he's behind us he's beside us where can i go the highest heavens the lowest low god is present and so this is what's challenging but it's true that means if god is everywhere and hope is in god's presence guess where hope is everywhere. I really don't think we have a hope, a lack of hope problem in our country. I think we have a lack of awareness problem in our country. I don't think the church, the church has a problem with hope. We, it's not that we don't have enough hope. I think we, we miss that the presence of God is with us and among us. And because we miss and we, we, we reject sometimes the presence of God. We lack hope. And you don't have to look very far for this evidence, right? Like politicians back in the day, they used to talk about hope, 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 hope. Now what do they talk about? Fear, 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 fear. The church used to be marked, the church, the church, capital C, used to be marked as a place of hope, a place of opportunity, a place of miracles. And, and, and now most of the time it's, it's marked and known as the people that are really fearful and pointing fingers and condemning. And I don't think that's God's heart. I think he wants us to be a people of hope that don't just have enough hope for ourselves, but we abound in hope so much that others can't help but get hopeful in our presence. Hope is everywhere because God is everywhere. Now, if we look at Luke chapter one, the story of 
of Mary before the birth of Jesus, we, uh, we see some interesting things, and I think we can learn some things about hope. So I'm going to pick up in verse 30 in chapter 1 of Luke. And the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said, very human posture of Mary, she said, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Like, really practical question. Like, how in the world could this be? Like, you say I'm going to have a son, but I haven't done anything to have a son, so how in the world can this be? Look at verse 35. It says, an angel answered, the Holy Spirit will be upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived the son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Look at verse 37. Here's where we're going to really ring this truth out. For nothing will be impossible with God. The birth of Jesus is, is marked, is laced with hope, hope, hope. But I think one of the things that we can glean and we can learn from the story where, where Mary gets this crazy news that doesn't even calculate in her mind, how can I go from A to B? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, like, I, like I, I can't even. There's no way. It's a dead end. There's no way. And yet, here it is. It says, with God, all things are possible. Here's, here's if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Jesus' birth teaches us that we can have hope in impossible circumstances. That, that we're not a bunch of naive idiots when we say, when everything looks like there's no way out, there's no path forward, we're just stuck in the mud, that we're not complete crazies when we say, I still have hope. Somebody say amen to that, right? Like, this is what we're learning about, about God, and it's, it's the story of the birth of Jesus. Even from the very beginning, it says that Elizabeth, who was very old in age, she was past, past childbirth age, that she was known as barren, without baby. She couldn't have baby. That was a bad, bad thing back then. It, was, it said a lot about you. The, the culture was, was very intent about having inheritance and having people, and so she was known as barren, and yet with God, all things are possible. That one who's barren is now giving birth to the one who's going to be called John the Baptist, is going to baptize Jesus. What was impossible without God is all of a sudden possible with God. Mary, virgin, no Fill in the blank. She ain't done that thing. And so she's no possible way. You can't do it. There's no baby yet. But with God, with God, all things are possible. And this is a story like throughout the whole Bible. Like if you just go from cover to cover, if you just open up this scripture, you, you would find this kind of micro story in the macro story of the scripture that when there's no possible way through, when God shows up, there has, happens to be a possibility. Let me just remind you of a few. When Israel was in Egypt, man, years, they're crying out to God, save us, save us, save us. And then God hears their cries and he sends Moses. 
where there seems to be no hope, he sends Moses. He goes to Moses, who's hiding out and scared and running around in the desert. He says, Moses, I want you to set my people free. And so he takes this young man who's running, who's scared to death, and he sends him back into the very place that he's scared of, and he leads the people out. There was no way until there was a way. Somebody say amen to that. We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king says, you need to bow down at this statue, and if you don't, you will be thrown in the fire. And I love the, the quiet confidence of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They say, listen, guys, we're not going to bow down to your statue. Not going to do it. Here's what's true. My God, he's able to keep me from the fire, but even if he doesn't, even if we burn up in the fire, we are not bowing down to worship your false god." So what do they do? They're like, all right, let's go. Throw them in the fire. Throw one, two, three. They're looking in. Guess what they see? Four. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the angel of the Lord are what? They're not dying in there. Guess what they're doing? They're walking around in like a sauna. It's actually healthy for them. I don't think that's true. That's not biblical, but that's just, I'm just, I'm just like, that's Derek's kind of my lens, how I read. So, so they get out of the sauna, 30 minutes, 150, they get out. No, it's way harder than that. Anyhow, they get out of the, they get out of the fire and they don't even smell like smoke. Is that possible with man? No, but guess what? God is present. Daniel his one of their acquaintances thrown into the lion's den. Wow. They're hungry. They're ready. They're ravenous. Throw them in there. What happens? God shuts the mouth of the lion's. Daniel, are you in there? Yeah, I'm just hanging out with some cats. Wow. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Hey, we have this, this giant named Goliath. Nobody can do anything with him. He's just taunting God. We can't take him out. We've got our best soldiers here. Anybody got a good idea? Yeah, somebody go get the little shepherd boy. The, the, the young one, the young lad that's got some cheese for his brothers. Yeah, hey. Put him up here. Hey, you know what, King? I, I can take down Goliath. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I, I, I've, I've done it before with, in the field with a, with a bear, with a lion. Okay. And David goes out there in his true identity, not wearing Saul's armor, just with his, I don't know, what do you call it again? A little slingshot. That's what it's called, slingshot. And uh, he goes out there, and with one swing, whoosh, takes Goliath down. With man, there's a lot that's not possible. We can all say that. We've all been there. We've all been up against the ropes and hit the dead end of what I can do. But somehow when God gets involved, there's a path forward. And I don't know about you, and, and maybe there's an area of your life where you've given up hope. Maybe there's an area of your life where you're just, man, just hitting against the wall or you're like, man, this is just how it's going to be. And today, like, maybe you just need to hear that, yes, you've taken it as far as you can take it. You've taken that thing. You've worked that situation as best you can. And today, your only hope is that all things are possible with God. There's hope. And this is what the birth of Jesus reminds us, that even when there's impossibilities, when there's no path forward, when God is involved, there's always hope because he is the God of hope. And not only that, we, we learned some other things about, about this hope that we see at the, the birth of Jesus. We, we learn that hope can be received in darkness. Oh, 
Now, this is, this is one that all of us, we really need to sink our teeth into this truth today. This is not milk and honey today. This is a big steak, if we could get a hold of this. It'll be sustenance for you if you could get this truth. That the birth of Jesus, that it teaches that hope can be received in darkness and suffering and pain and loss. And, and, and we'll, we'll go back to Isaiah uh, chapter nine. You don't have to turn there unless you, you want to. Isaiah chapter nine is, is a well-known prophetic word about Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. And, and I love how it starts out. And I'm just gonna read actually a, a, a verse two through seven, a little bigger piece, but, but I really wanna emphasize the first couple verses here. It says, the, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressors, you have broken as in the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse six, we know this well. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. For to us a child is born, for us a child is given. Pointing to the Messiah, pointing to the day that God will become man. And he says in the very beginning part of this chapter, he says, there is a people who walk in darkness. And those people who walk in darkness, they have seen a great light. That light has shone upon them. Where did it shine upon them? In the darkness. Jesus' birth, it teaches us that hope can be received even in darkness. And I'll remind you, and Richie did such a good job of this last week, but, but the world that Jesus was was born into was not picture perfect. Not everything was quiet and pretty. It was a pretty wild time in history. They had gone, the Israelites had gone several hundred years without their prophet to hear from the Lord. And so they're, they're hungry for a word from God. The Roman Empire is, is oppressing them and, and, and doing some horrible things to the Israelites. And in that season of darkness, their hearts had grown hard, their, their hope had waned, and it was in that season of, of darkness, in the a season of loss, in that se- season of depression, in that season that it says that the light came into the darkness, shone upon the people, and it says it gave them joy and peace. We learn that from the birth of Jesus that hope is most profound when everything else is dark. And once again, we see this all throughout the scriptures. This is kind of the, 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 the flow of the whole Bible, that, that it's filled with stories of hope surrounded 
by darkness, pain, loss, and suffering. In the beginning, there was a bunch of darkness, chaos, nothingness. And it says that the Spirit of God hovered over that. Jesus was there, the Father was there, and as they worked together, out of that darkness, he separated, he created, and the world came from a season of darkness. We see when the Israel was led out of Egypt that they had no food and no water, and they were complaining, they were grumbling, as what does God do? He hears their cry, he hears their desire, and he gives them manna every morning, quails get flying in, and, and he makes the bitter water sweet, right? When we think about the prodigal son, the story that I love when Jesus teaches the prodigal son, he, he finds himself at a terrible place. He's run away from home. He's spent all his money, got no hope, got no way out. And he finds himself at the very worst of the worst. He is feeding the very defiled animal, the pigs. He's feeding them. And he says, man, I wish I could eat their food. And in that moment, that darkness, that heaviness, that thing that he actually brought it on himself even, in that moment, hope breaks in. What if I go back to my father? Maybe he'll let me in as a servant. And we know the story. Not only is he brought back in, but he's given his status back as a son. The Bible was filled with these stories. And, and we could even look at Peter. Man, Peter was a guy who said, Jesus, no matter what it is, I'm going to be with you unto death. And Peter, or Jesus is like, man, I love your zeal, Peter. But man, before that rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. Maybe you can relate to that. I, I've been there. I'm like, Jesus, I'll do anything. And he's like, how about this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> this Peter. Like, we, we can relate to Peter. Like, that's our life. He's like, yes, I love Jesus. You're a way maker. Sunday. Wednesday. Ew, I don't know. And so Peter denies once, denies twice, denies three times. And it says in the scripture that, that he begins to weep. Because he's, he's left his friend. He's forsaken his, his friend and the one who he was hoping to be the Messiah. And what does God do in the midst of that? He brings hope in the midst of that darkness and that letdown. And he comes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me like a brother? Yes, Lord, I love you like a brother. And he restores Peter back. What is that? That is hope in the midst of of darkness. So I want to encourage you. We, we just sang some beautiful songs. Mountain, I love that song when we sing it together as a community. High up on the mountain when everything's great. Man, I will sing. But that next line gets my heart every time we sing it. Even in the valley, I will dance for joy because even in the valley, there is hope. Because the one who is the God of hope is also in the valley. So the birth of Jesus reminds us and shows us that even in darkness, even in loss, even in pain, there is hope. And ultimately, his life, not just his birth, but his life and his death show us that, that, that at his death, when he's hanging on the cross, literal darkness covered the land. The sun was not shining. Darkness covers the land. And, and it felt like all hope was gone. Darkness has covered the land, but it wasn't just the, the physical darkness. It was also the darkness of humanity, that we would, humanity, we would kill the one who created us, that we would kill the one who says, I love you. We would kill him. And as we kill him, it looks like there is no hope. Death has won. And yet 
Jesus, in his incredible way, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of loss, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, he reveals that there's been hope, that God is working a plan that we couldn't see, that the enemy couldn't see. But at the right time, the resurrection happens. Hope is now seen. This is what God wants for you. Even in the season right now that you're in, that's struggling, you're figuring things out, there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of letdown. Listen, I'm telling you, the God of hope is there with you. And he says, not that I'll just fix it like that, but that I'll walk you through it. This is the God of hope. And he wants to give us hope today. And the last thing that I want to show us that I think we learn through the birth of Jesus with respect to hope is that it teaches us to hold fast to the hope that the kingdom of God will be established on earth as it is in heaven. That the birth of Jesus reveals that God's plan to restore all things, that his rule, his reign, his desire on the earth will be just like it is in heaven, that his birth shows that God is serious about making this happen that he longs to make this happen. So Jesus shows up on the scene as a baby boy. God shows that, man, I I want to be with you. I want to restore things. I want to show you the way of of my kingdom. And then Jesus gets to an age of about 30 and he preaches, man, my kingdom is at hand. It's right here in your midst. And he walks around and he he heals the sick. He casts out demons. He raises the the dead. He, He teaches and speaks to not just the wealthy and those that are important in society, but he also comes alongside the poor and the overlooked and the oppressed. He he lifts up and elevates women. He recognizes little kids. He says, my kingdom, it's, it's right here in your midst. And let me just remind you, though, not everything was perfect when Jesus was walking around doing this stuff. There was a lot of brokenness. There was a lot of things going on. And yet there's this hope that God's plan is that one day everything will be made right. Anybody else believe that? That the kingdom of heaven will become the kingdom of earth and that all wrongs will be made right, that all things are going to be restored. And this is what we see in the birth of Jesus is that God is serious and he's faithful about fulfilling his promise that all things will be made right. And what he's done, he's given us the opportunity to say, you know what? I want to see that today too. I want to see more of heaven on the earth. I'm not just holding on, trying to get to heaven. No, no, no. That's not the picture God gives us. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into the earth. I want you to go into your workplace. I want you to go into your homes. I want you to go into your neighborhoods. This is what I want you to do. I want you to release the kingdom of God. I want you to give hope to the hopeless. I want you to walk in the power that I had when I'm on the earth because I gave you my spirit. I gave you authority. I want you to release heaven on the earth. And so the birth of Jesus, it reminds us and it gives us hope that, man, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. And one day when Jesus returns, he's going to restore all things and we are going to walk fully in the kingdom. Until that day happens, though, I don't know about you. I want to see as much as I can on this side of that moment than I can, right? This is the promise of God. And so I, I want to end with these two questions for you. I want to just give us a moment to reflect on these. The first question here I have is, is what are you anticipating with or from God? What are you anticipating? What are you excited about that God is doing currently or he's about to do. We should think about these things. We're in a season of anticipation. What are you anticipating? Are you anticipating? I believe that God is inviting each of us. Man, restore, return back to that childlike faith. Man, what are you excited about God doing in your life? 
What are you hopeful for in God's life? And, and that leads us to the second question that I want us to just take a moment today and think about. In what area of your life do you need God to reveal hope? In what area of your life do you need God to reveal hope? Do you need him to reveal that he is present? I'm going to read Romans 15, 13 one more time. And I'm just going to give us some space to process this with the Lord. So this is Romans 15, 13. This is where we started today. This is my prayer over our church. I've been praying this the last few days over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We just take a moment and pray as we close up here today. Just a moment for honesty with the Lord. Where has your heart grown dull? Where have you given up hope? Just felt like the Holy Spirit would just be moving in here today to to reveal, to remind. It says it's by the power of the Spirit of God that we could abound in hope. And so right now, just if you, if you recognize, man, this, this is an area of my life where I have just given up hope. I've just said this is how it's gonna be. I think that's an invitation with the Lord in that darkness, in, in that season, the Lord is just saying, no, listen, I want you to abound in hope in all areas of your life. And I want you to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to give you a moment before I wrap up here just to say, Holy Spirit, I want to abound in hope. Would you show me? Would you remind me? Would you lead me to believe that God is really with me and that he's for me and that you long to fill me with your joy and your peace so that I can abound in hope. And so I just feel like there's, there's just faith in the room for that. And so can we just take a moment, whatever it is, just lift up to the Lord, whatever area of, of your life, you're like, I need hope. And just say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with your joy and your peace? Holy Spirit, fill me with your joy and your peace. through your power, that I may abound in hope. Holy Spirit doesn't need hype. He doesn't need a a megaphone. He just needs a, a, a person who is, says, yes, I want to receive. I believe, I trust you that you are the God of hope. Even in my circumstance, even in this situation that I would not choose for myself, Lord, I want to know your hope. I want to be filled with faith to take the next step, to get my head up on you and not just on my own circumstances. So we ask for the power of the Spirit in this room right now to lead us to believe to be filled with hope, that we would abound in hope, that we'd have enough to overflow onto others. Lord, we thank you for the season as of anticipation. I thank you for what you teach us.
through the birth of Jesus, through the life of Jesus, through his death, through his resurrection, through his intercession, and through his return. Lord, we thank you for the good news of the kingdom. <laughs> the good news of the kingdom. And we pray right now that we would experience the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, the desire, the heart of God in the tri-cities as it is in heaven because that's how you taught us to pray. And Lord, we're just confessing right now. We don't wanna just be people that watch. We wanna be a people that participate, that say yes, that actually see needs and we move with you to fill them, that we see opportunities and we don't just say somebody else will do it, but we actually step with you and we meet that opportunity. Lord, may we not be a passive, weak people, but may we have exuberant joy in trusting you because we carry hope because you are the God of hope. So lead us in the season, Lord. May you, may you teach us to see you rightly and to respond rightly. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have our ministry team up here as we close out today. So if our ministry team could pop up here. If you need prayer, if there's an area where like, man, I, I still would like somebody to pray for me over this area where I'm lacking hope, where a season of life where you're like, man, I need some peace, I need some joy, man, we would love to pray with you, partner with you to see the kingdom come in your life. If that's not for you guys, we love you, we appreciate you. Reminder to RSVP for Christmas Eve, and we will see you next Sunday. God bless you guys.